for God's grace this morning. For a testimony of that grace, by God's grace, Kayla, nine-year-old girl from Lake End Camp, got saved this week. By grace, the Lord allowed Maddie to get to lead her to the Lord. By grace, Pastor George Harmon gets to celebrate his 94th birthday today. Celebrated here with us. We already sang happy birthday to him in Sunday school, so we won't put him through that ordeal again. But uh, maybe you want to extend your personal best wishes to Pastor Harmon after the service this morning. Uh, he's been a great uh, testimony, great encouragement in my life. I thank God for him, and I thank God for the grace that uh, God has given to him. Thank God for the grace he's given to me. I read an article this week about a youth meeting back in 2012 called Passion. And there were some 45,000 young people there, younger than 94 anyway. I think there were probably some high school kids, some college-age young people as well. And the speaker asked uh, for all of the young people that were there that had heard God speak to them in an audible voice in their life to raise their hand there in the auditorium. And a lot of the young people raised their hand. They had indeed heard God speak to them. Uh, Pat, the speaker then went on and marveled about the fact that uh, you know the God of the universe would, would speak to people uh, after the rally was over with. The author of the article went out of the out of the auditorium and saw a young lady there crying her eyes out just utterly devastated. And as the author of the article talked with her, she asked her what the problem was. And she said that, I have never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. And I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong in my life. That God hasn't spoken to me in an audible voice. And she was just terribly upset about the whole thing. This morning, we have a question that has been presented uh, for our consideration, and the question we're going to consider today, and also we'll be dealing with it in a related fashion next week. Does God speak to us today? If so, how? Who is right? Well, those young people that raised their hand said that uh, God had spoken to them in an audible voice. Were they really right on track? Well, it was the young lady that, that didn't ever hear God speak to her. Should she have been disappointed and upset that she'd never heard God speak to her in an audible voice? Well, what, what is the truth? What is reality here? What should be going on in, in our lives? Certainly, God does speak to us today through the Bible. If I believe that? The Bible is God's Word. God speaks to us through the Bible. No mistake about that. But generally, when people ask that question, they are wondering about whether or not God speaks to us directly, apart 
from the Bible? That brings with it several other questions. Uh, Should we be listening for God to speak to us? Should we be expecting that? Uh, If he does speak to us, how will I know that he does? How will I know that it is him? How do I interpret what he might say to me? It's no surprise that someone would ask if God is speaking to us apart from the Bible today because it is becoming rather common for people to claim that that God does speak to us today. The, The speaker at that that particular rally that we talked about. Uh, We're hearing it from many authors, speakers, hear it on television, from television preachers. This morning, to to answer that question of whether or not God speaks to us directly, I'd like to to do a careful examination in in three areas. Uh, There are definitely claimed experiences that are common today. There are some clear examples in Scripture of God speaking directly to people. God has spoken to people in an audible voice. We'll look at some of the examples of that. And then where we want to spend some time as well, and really where we want to sum things up, is to see the certain experience of having God speak to us, not in a subjective fashion, but very objectively and directly and clearly in the scriptures. Uh, well, we find that there are, are claims that are being made out there today by people that that God is speaking to them directly. That really, for the first centuries of the church, as you read back through church history, you don't find many claims in, in that regard. Back following the Reformation in the 17th century, the 1600s, uh, pietism, was a reaction to uh, many in the Reformation who claimed devotion to Scripture but, but showed little of the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. In case you're not familiar, the Reformation is when there was a, a great movement of, of people, Martin Luther, John Calvin, others that, that recognized that the, the truth of, of just standing for the Scriptures had been virtually lost. And they, they began to base doctrine and base belief on, on the Scriptures only. And, and these men did a great job in that. But yet we, had, we actually had holy wars fought back in the, in the time of the Reformation between even the, the, those who followed Luther and some that would, would uh, not subscribe to baby baptism and, and, and things such as that. So uh, there was a phrase that was born during that time called dead orthodoxy or people maybe orthodox in what they believed about the Scripture, what they believed by, about salvation by grace through faith, but, boy, the fruit of the Spirit sure wasn't showing up in their, in their lives. And so there was a movement of people that wanted a more personal relationship with God, a more, con, a more spiritual, if you would, connection with God other than simply through the Scripture. They wanted a more subjective type of an experience with God. They wanted to hear something. They wanted to feel something that kind of assured them that they were, were right with God. The extreme of this was probably seen among the, the Shakers and the Quakers. I was raised in Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania was founded by William Penn, who was a Quaker. So we learned a little bit about uh, William Penn and Quakers in our, 
our history classes back there in Pennsylvania. At any rate, the, the, the Quakers in particular were founded by a man by the name of George Fox. And, and among the Shakers and the Quakers, they didn't have pastors that, that would, would speak or preachers that would speak. Basically, they, they would get in a room and would sit there and they would wait till somebody got the inner light. till somebody supposedly got a message from God and they, they, they got the name Shakers and Quakers because sometimes there was a whole lot of shaking that went on. And at any rate, these people would then get up and deliver what they claimed God had, what God had, had told them. That was the, the extreme there in, in that situation. Uh, such things have continued on down through the, the, the last several centuries. Uh, the charismatics in the, uh, the 20th century, certainly many of them claimed that God spoke to them directly. Now, God told me to tell you, send money to my program, whatever. Uh, you know, th- th- they claimed that God was speaking to them directly. Well, what's going on right now, though, and we need to be aware of, is that these claims are showing up more and more frequently in our day among evangelicals, uh, people that I respect, people that I, I think a lot of, and, and authors and, and speakers and, and that show up and, and speak these things. There, there are numerous books today on hearing the voice of God that are on the market by, by a number of, of evangelical authors. You, you're hearing statements like, God told me, becoming more common. Or, God said this to me. Uh, Alistair Begg cited a study a little while back saying that one in three Americans today say that God speaks to them directly. Many of those are evangelicals who believe in the heirs of Scripture, believe in the deity of Christ, salvation by grace. Some claim to hear in, in in an audible voice, God speak to them. Some would say, no, it's not an audible voice that I hear, but it's, it's an impression. It's a, a prompting. It's something a little bit more subjective even than just a, an, an audible voice. And some claim that also that uh, we, one of the things, if, if you're going to really grow as a Christian, if you're really going to be spiritual, if you're really going to be what God wants you to be, then you need to sit and you need to listen for the voice of God. And in fact, they would subscribe that prayer is not just talking to God, but in your prayer life, you should be spending time listening for the voice of God to speak to you. What they're telling us. We don't have that going on in our life. We're missing something. Is, is that what we should do? Is that what we should be practicing in our life? Now, the Scriptures do say in Psalm 46, we should what? Be still and what? And know that I am God. Be still and focus on the truth of God. What about listening for the voice of God? What about listening to have God tell us what we should do? What about listening to have God reveal to us what his will is. We'll be talking next Sunday morning primarily about the will of God and how to know it. Um, well, those are some of the claims coming out. And if, if you pick up your Bible, undoubtedly you go to the Scriptures, what do you find? You find in the Old Testament, you find people that, that God spoke to. Adam and Eve met with God, spoke with God in, in, the, in the garden in the cool of the evening. When they, when they fell, God comes looking for them and, and as they're hiding from God, 
he calls God, God calls Adam's name and, and uh, convicts them then of eating the forbidden fruit and then pronounces the curse upon them that uh, pain would be multiplied in childbirth. And Adam, you're going, to, you're going to earn your bread by the sweat of your brow. All that was spoken directly by God to Adam and Eve. When God gets ready to send his universal flood, we read Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, right? And God comes and speaks to Noah, tells him, build an ark, and Noah, here's the dimensions of it. God gave him the dimensions that the ark was to be, and he was told to pitch it within and without. And, and God tells him all about that. God speaks directly to Noah. Moses is shepherding one day up in the, the mountains, and, and what happens? He walks past a bush, and all of a sudden, that bush is burning without being consumed, and lo and behold, God speaks to him unquestionably, unmistakably out of that bush and calls Moses and then commissions Moses to go lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Later on, his successor Joshua is assured in no uncertain terms by God that God was going to be with him just like he was with Moses. And he also gives Joshua the battle plans for Jericho and different other battles that he fought. By the way, with Moses, you go back, and much of what you have in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy are what God gave to him on Mount Sinai as far as the law under which Israel was to operate. We have the judges, and then the last judge, and one of the prophets, Samuel that God undoubtedly spoke to one of my favorites, Gideon, when he's threshing down in a low area, and God, the angel of the Lord, God, the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and says, Oh, you mighty man of valor. And then he assigns Gideon the task that he had for him to defeat the Midianites. Uh, some of the kings, God spoke with, with David on occasion. God spoke with Solomon at least in the beginning days of Solomon's reign, and offers him, you know, Solomon, well, what do you want from me? And Solomon says, what I want, God, is I want wisdom to rule your people. And then God says, well, you'll have that wisdom, and I'm also going to bestow a whole lot of other things upon you. Chiefly, if you go to the Old Testament, you find it's the prophets who say time and time again, thus says the Lord. God spoke directly to the prophet. Sometimes there were dreams and visions involved, like in a couple of situations with Daniel. Sometimes it was speaking to them directly. Uh, Elijah many times is signaled out uh, as, as God spoke to him. And a lot of times people say, point out the fact that God spoke to him in a still, small voice. And that's what we're supposed to do today. Listen for that still, small voice with no place in 2 Kings 19 does it say that still small voice that Elijah heard was within. God spoke to him audibly, directly. Well, when he spoke to Elijah, you go on to the others, you find the same thing. The, the main thing you find when you look at the Old Testament, see God speaking to people there, is he spoke rarely. The Old Testament compasses several thousand years. And it's not like you have God speaking directly to people every day. That wasn't the norm. That wasn't the common thing. And it wasn't that he spoke to everybody. That wasn't for everybody to do, was to listen to the voice of God and hear God speak to them. In fact, if that was the norm, why did he have to raise up the prophets? 
the prophets were, were the ones that he spoke to and spoke through. In fact, we, we over to Hebrews chapter 1, what are we told there? In, in various times and in different ways, God spoke to the fathers. How? By the prophets. By the prophets. So God didn't speak to everybody. And when he spoke to these people, usually it was a, a concerning a major matter for humanity and then later on, after Israel's established, major things for the nation of Israel. It wasn't the norm for God to speak to people just about everything in their, their everyday life. God didn't tell people what, what pair of sandals to put on in the morning. You know, when he spoke to people, it was things like, you better build an ark. Uh, you better lead my people out of Israel. I got a job for you to do, Moses. Things like that. He spoke in different ways. He spoke at different times. And he spoke by the prophets. He spoke clearly and unmistakably when he spoke in the Old Testament. Uh, also, we find that these people were not listening to hear the voice of God. What was Moses doing well, when God spoke to him from the burning bush? He was taking care of his sheep, right? When you're sitting there listening to the voice of God. Uh, so it wasn't that they were, were practicing that. God spoke to them unmistakably and, and told them what they needed to hear. He spoke clearly and unmistakably. And, uh, we, by the way, if you pick up your Old Testament, you will not find any commands in the Old Testament that you and I are to sit and listen to hear the voice of God or lay and listen to the voice of God. Uh, that, that command's just not there. We have all kinds of commands about how we're to live, all kind of commands about the value of Scripture and so forth. No command to wait and listen to the voice of God. Go over to the New Testament. And we find over Mary and Joseph, of course, are confronted by, by the, the dream that God gave Joseph and the angel that God sent to, to Mary. And they're told about the, the, the fact that Jesus is going to be born, told what they should name him. And also later on told that they, they should leave, get out of Bethlehem, go to Egypt and then told when to come back again. So you got things like that going on. You've got the ministry of Jesus. And in fact, who is Jesus? He is God. So whenever he spoke while he was on this earth, who was speaking? God was speaking. And he, he spoke to the multitudes, and he spoke to his parents, and he spoke to his brothers and his sisters, and he spoke to the apostles. He, he taught the multitudes many things in authoritative fashions. In fact, uh, what, what did the people marvel at? They said, this one speaks like he's got authority. Well, why did he speak like he had authority? Because he did have authority, and he does have authority. He invested most of his teaching into the apostles, preparing them to take over after he finished his ministry here, went back to glory. He told them that he had a whole lot of information for them, a whole lot of truth for them, but they weren't able to receive it all. So he told them the Holy Spirit was going to come and continue this process. Go with me to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 14. John 14, starting in verse 16. Jesus says, he's speaking here to the apostles, uh, his, his special 12, 11 at this point, Judas and John. He says, verse 16, I will pray the Father, 
and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you orphans I will come to you through the spirit a little while longer and the world will will see me no more but you will see me because I live you will live also at that day you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you and that's not what I was looking for here he talks about the spirit coming and the spirit was going to lead them into all truth when he comes Jump over to chapter 16. Chapter 16, verses 12 through 14. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, that he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of you, take of what is mine and declare it to you. Back in chapter 14, he tells them that he's going to, the Spirit's going to bring to their remembrance things Jesus had said. And anyway, what he's telling the apostles here is when the, Spirit's going to, when the Spirit comes, he's going to help you to remember all the things that I've said. He's going to lead you into all truth. Now, he wasn't talking about rocket science and things like that, but what he was talking about, all the truth necessary for living for the Lord in this lifetime. God is going to give the apostles through the Holy Spirit. He said he's going to show you things to come. He's going to take the things about me, and he's going to show them to you. He's going to glorify me. You know what Jesus was doing here? Basically, he's giving a preview of what we have in the New Testament. You've got a whole lot more that you need, and the Holy Spirit's going to give it to you. And then you're going to write it down in a book. And in John 17, as Jesus prays, one of the groups that he prays for is those who would believe through the word of the apostle. You know who that is? That's us. How do we know the gospel? How do we know God's truth? We know it through the word of God that God has gave to us through the apostles. And then we find elsewhere that the church in Ephesians 2.20, that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ being the chief cornerstone. We find the Lord speaks to Peter. Uh, even when he's in prison there in Acts chapter 12, sends an angel, gets him out of prison. He, Jesus confronts the apostle Paul on the Damascus road when he's Saul of Tarsus, headed to persecute the Christians in Damascus. He speaks to John, gives revelation to him. We see much of that in the book of Revelation. So we see New Testament examples. One of the other things we find is the fact that concerning the New Testament, we're told that in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2, that God in these last days has spoken to us how? By his son. In times past, he spoke in various ways at different times through the prophets to the fathers. But now he's spoken by his son. And in the New Testament, we find once again, God spoke to key individuals in matters concerning Jesus and his great plan of redemption. You don't find him speaking to everybody. You don't find him speaking all the time. It's not the norm for him to speak to every believer all the time. That's what the apostles and prophets were all about. We work through them. And we do find, as you pick up your New Testament, 
find the emphasis is really placed upon the scriptures, and we need to recognize that fact. Well, when God spoke, it was clear and unmistakable. What lessons should we learn? Uh, people whom God, to whom God spoke, key individuals, not everybody. How did he speak? clear and unmistakable fashion as sometimes he might have used a dream and a vision. He wasn't dependent on inner impressions and promptings. Uh, many times it was in an audible voice that he spoke in the Old Testament and in the New. How did he not speak? Just through uncertain subjective impressions that people had that you couldn't really clearly identify as necessarily even being from God. Last thing we'll look at this morning is that the certain experience of having God speak to us through the scriptures. The Bible is dependent. The Bible is something we can depend on. It's dependable. Well, we find that it is given to us by the Spirit of God. If you go over to, to first, Second Peter chapter 1, you read over there that men were moved along by the Spirit of God and they, they wrote. The, the Bible's not full of fables and fantasies and things such as that. We find in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, it tells us all Scripture is what? It's God-breathed. It's, in, it's inspired. That means God-breathed. It comes from God, and that's what makes it profitable. Scripture is, scripture is dependable. Scripture is complete as well. In John 16, Jesus told the apostles, I'm going to lead you into, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all the truth, all the truth that was necessary in living for Jesus Christ. You go to the last chapter of the book of Revelation, chapter 22, and verses 18 and 19, you have warnings there about adding to the revelation that was given to us in that book and into the scriptures as a whole. You also find warnings about anybody that would take away from what God's revealed to us. The scriptures are, are complete. We find the scriptures are also sufficient. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Get what it says in verse 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What do you need to live the Christian life? What do you need to know the will of God? This is what you need. This book is what you need. It's sufficient. You don't need God giving you some new word today or some new word tomorrow. We have it here in black and white, uh, given to us and preserved for us, and confirmed time and time again that the Scriptures are sufficient. It is important that we recognize that fact. The Scriptures are also vital. We're told in, in Hebrews 4 that the Word of God is living and powerful like a two-edged sword, and it'll divide between joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the hearts of men. Sometimes people that, that really want to practice this idea of having God speak to them as being something wonderful in their personal walk with God, 
they will say they are glad they are not dependent on a just a, a dead relationship with God through reading the Bible. I'll tell you what, reading the Bible is not a dead experience. This is a book that's living and powerful, and it impacts us. It, it knows us. God knows us. He discerns all between our hearts through what you would read in Scripture. This book convicts. This, peop, this book challenges. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. As we share the Word of God with people, the Spirit of God can take that, convict the heart through the Word of God, and bring them to salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. For, for somebody to talk about a relationship with God being a, a less-than-living, vital relationship because you're dependent on the Scriptures, they're, they're totally missing the wonder of this revelation of himself that God's given to us in this book. There's a few problems with waiting for God to speak to us apart from Scripture. There's the problem, first of all, of uncertainty. Somebody says, well, God spoke to me. My question is, how do you know? How did he do it? How do you know it was God? How do you separate your own thoughts from thoughts that God puts there? Even worse, when you open yourself up to something that God doesn't necessarily tell you to open yourself up to, maybe those thoughts didn't come from God at all. Maybe they came from a far more demonic source or satanic source. Be careful and you open yourself up. I, I know there's some that want to practice meditation. They say just, just empty your mind. Just open yourselves up and let something, you know, just kind of let it come in there. Well, you open yourself up, you don't know what's going to come in. And the same thing, you start trying to listen for the voice of God. Somebody says, well, God spoke to me. How do you know it was him? How do you know it wasn't just your own thoughts? How do you know it wasn't what you had for supper last night? Kind of working on you a little bit. How do you know? How do you discern it? How do you discern? what it is. It's just so much uncertain. There's also the matter of, of self-deception. The sad thing is some people say, well, God told me. God spoke to me and told me. Sadly, there are some that even will justify questionable and even sinful things in their life by saying, well, God told me it's all right, in spite of what the Bible says. You know, God God's latest word is, God told me it's okay. I know what the Bible says, but here's the, here's the news flash. It just came from God. God says, in my situation, because of what I'm experiencing, it's okay if I do this, even though the Bible says it's absolutely wrong. There's also the problem of, of inactivity, sitting around waiting. Okay, Lord, when you want me to share the gospel with somebody, you tell me who it is. You tell me when I'm supposed to open my mouth and tell somebody what Jesus did in my life. God, you, you, you speak to me when you want me to reach out and try to share the truth with somebody. And you wait, you wait, you wait, and you don't do anything. Well, well God, hasn't, God hasn't led me to do that. God hasn't told me. To. Can I tell you, God's already told you to do that. God's already told you to share Jesus. God's already told you to be his witness. 
God's already told you that you're supposed to model Christ in, in your relationship with people. If he brings somebody across your path, consider that an opportunity to, to share Christ. Unless God tells you, let's turn this around. Take it this way. God, I'm going to take it. You want me to share the gospel every time I have an opportunity with everybody you give me an opportunity to share with, unless you tell me otherwise. I think that's a whole lot better approach to take, don't you? Rather than just being, well, God, if you want me to do this, if you want me to serve in this capacity, you tell me about it. It can paralyze people with inactivity, waiting for God to show him their will, waiting for God to say something. And then we find that there's also the problem of, of sign-seeking. In Matthew 12, Jesus rebuked his generation. After all the miracles that they had seen, all the things that he had done. You know what they did? They said, God, uh, Jesus, give us another sign. And Jesus said, you're an evil and a wicked generation, and you're not going to get any more signs until you see the sign of Jonah. And what he's talking about there is his own resurrection from the dead. People want more. In Luke 16, you got the rich man in torment. He's miserable. And he recognizes he's not going to get out of torment. And so he says to Abraham, he says, would you send Lazarus here? Would you send him to my brothers? i got five brothers. I don't want to end up in the, the same place that I am here. So would you send Lazarus? Remember the answer to that? Moses and the prophets, if they won't listen to them, they're not going to listen if somebody comes back from the dead. You know what? Somebody has come back from the dead and the Lord Jesus Christ, and people still turn their backs on him. And today we have, we have this amazing book that tells us the amazing gospel. What a book. We've got predictive prophecy in here. We've got the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And yet we have people today that want God speak to me. God, tell me more. If I was God, I'd say, you get down what I've already said to you, then I'll tell you something more. we got to be careful. We don't say, God, I need more. You've got plenty right there. We don't need to be sitting around waiting for God to speak to us directly. So what do we do about all this? I think we need to be diligent to learn and obey all that God has said to us in the Bible. When you get that down, then God will give you more. We need to learn all we can about this book. We ought to be fanatical about that. Sad thing is, some folks who want God to speak to them, they neglect this book. We need to be diligent. We need to be wary of those who claim that God is speaking to them. Now, if you're here this morning and you think that God is speaking to you, has spoken to you, you think you're hearing his voices, that's between you and the Lord. Personally, I'm, I'm skeptical. I don't believe we need this. We've got enough given to us right here. And I especially am skeptical of people that, that say God's speaking to them, and then they, they uh, say things that just don't line, line up with Scripture. That's a pretty good indication right there. God, God would never lead us, lead us contrary to what the will of God says. We don't have to sit around and wait for God to speak us and to us in an audible voice. We can get busy serving Him and being Christ-like in the way that we live our lives right now. And 
think we need to be careful. We don't overvalue impressions and thought things. Somebody says, well, I know this, this, this time when, when I saw this people in need, and I was just, I was just prompted, I should send them $20. That's great. That wasn't necessarily God speaking to you. It, it might just be the accumulation of biblical principles you've learned over the years about loving our brothers and sisters in Christ the way the Lord loves us. It might be God uh, using what you've learned over the years to, to help you to treat others the way that you want to be treated. But it's not necessarily God speaking. And because, to be honest with you, most of us have been prompted and that impression to do something, and we've done it. And, man, I sure wouldn't want to blame it on God because we did it and it turned out to be something completely, completely off base. We need to respond to the gospel. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, don't wait for God to come and whisper in your ear, you need to get saved. You need to repent of your sin. You need to trust Jesus to be your Savior. Don't wait for that. He's already told you that multitudes of time in the Scripture. And if you're here without Christ this morning, what you need to do? Stop waiting for any voice. Respond to what God's already said in His Word. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian and you know Christ as your Savior, don't wait for God to speak to you about sharing the gospel. He's already given us plenty in Scripture about our responsibility of sharing the gospel. So what do we do? Well, you know, the, the, the Christian life, as far as our communication with God, boils down to this. Speak to God in prayer. What a wonderful privilege to be able to talk to the God of the universe, huh? Let God speak to you through his word. That's our communication with God. It's, it's clear. Can't misunderstand. Shouldn't misunderstand it. Lays right out there for us. We've got a a sure foundation that he's given to us right here. And, and I would repeat once again as well, in the New Testament, we don't find any, any direction for you and me as Christians to sit around waiting for God to speak to us. Let me direct your attention to one passage of Scripture here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul talks to Timothy about the, the difficulties that are going to be experienced in the last times. He says, starting in verse 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. What's he tell Paul, what's he tell Timothy to do? Preach the word. Be ready, in season, out of season, convinced, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Teaching what? Teaching the word of God. Why? Because the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers, a lot of times teachers, that claim God's speaking to them. And they'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. What's his ministry? Preach the word. What should be our focus today? Want to hear from God? Get into the Word of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Scriptures. We thank you that you do speak to us through your Word. You've revealed yourself in amazing fashion. You've revealed yourself in creation. We see your power and might there. But you revealed yourself in a specific way, in the Word of God, and in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even what we know about the Lord Jesus, we know from 
what the Spirit of God led the, the apostles to put down on paper so many years ago. Father, we pray that we would hear what you've said to us, what you say to us in Scripture, and we'd respond to it. Pray especially for anybody who might be with us that is maybe waiting for some supernatural voice to tell them they need to be saved. Lord, I pray they just respond to the Word of God and the Gospel today and surrender to Christ. Maybe some Christians waiting to, to get busy serving and sharing because they they want you to prompt them. You want, they want you to tell them to do something. Lord, you've already told us in 